0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 15th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into today, JB. Let's start with Urban taking the job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you see this coming? And what are your thoughts on this? To me, this is, is highly entertaining.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty entertained with it as well. Um, A lot of reports for the last, say, one to two weeks out there have been kicking the can, saying that there's been mutual interest. And then when I heard uh, Adam Schefter say on 97.1 out of Columbus that there was about three interviews last week with the Jacksonville and Urban. At that point, once I heard that, I was like, okay, this is real. Uh, It's going to be highly entertaining. It looks like they're going to be taking – Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick, he's walking into a situation where they have a bevy of draft picks, two first round picks, two uh, second round picks. and I think maybe, you know, eight to ten picks in this upcoming draft, as well as the most cap space in the NFL. So he's walking into uh, a team that has some talent, but he's going to be able to put his fingerprint on it.
0: He will be reuniting with a couple of former Buckeyes. Andrew Norwell is on that team. Davon Hamilton is on that team. Maybe they'll draft some more Buckeyes. Yeah, they have the number one pick of the draft. That means they have the first pick of every round. They have extra draft picks, both this year and in the future, because of trades they made as during the rebuilding process as it started. And they've got tons of cap space, as you said. I mean, this is, this is interesting. Now, the track record of college coaches going to the NFL is less than good. The exceptions to the rule jimmy johnson of course pete carroll but pete carroll was a head coach in the nfl at two different stops before going to college and then going back to the nfl so that's kind of a not the same deal i mean nick Saban's is going to go down as the best college coach of all time and he wasn't awful in the nfl but he was an eight and eight coach he was a 500 coach in the nfl he's the best college coach ever so i'm going to be rooting for him it's highly entertaining Ah, oh, man, the odds are against him, though, I think, this, as far as Urban <laughs> being a success in the NFL. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, to me, because he's so competitive, and he, he's been on the record saying, I don't know how those guys doing it, losing six, seven, eight, nine football games, and that's what I'm going to be watching. Once the Jags lose some games, how will he react? To me, I think it's going to be contingent on who is his offense coordinator. Our, Urban's offense is as good as the play caller. And you look at his history at Ohio State where he's had major success. It it was Tom Herman who was on top of the game at the time. Ryan Day came in and really um, modernized uh, the offense that Ohio State was running. Down in Florida when he had a lot of success, he had a dynamic play caller in Dan Mullen. Mullen. So to me, I'm curious to see how his staff is going to shake out because that is going to be the The nuts and bolts of Urban, I think he's going to be a CEO. He's going to run the program, uh, and the, the team, and he's going to make sure that he delegates a lot to his coaches. That's why there's been a lot of reports that he's been reaching out to former NFL head coaches and a lot of guys who've been veterans in the NFL. So I think that is key. I I think he's going to have success because. A lot of a lot of guys go to the NFL and they think that, hey, I was a, the head coach in college calling the plays. That's not necessarily what Urban was doing. Yes, he's involved with the offense. He's been known as being an offensive guru, but he pretty much allows his coaches to dictate how they want to go about the offense. He has his core principles and his core ideas, and he will lean on those heavily. But I think in the NFL – He's going to do really well as long as he surrounds himself with guys who really know the NFL landscape.
0: Speaking of surrounding himself with guys, the one thing we really want to know now is, is he going to poach anybody from Ohio state staff when this news broke yesterday and there had been news leading up to it. It wasn't like this came out of the blue yesterday. Um, It seemed like even before yesterday, this was probably going to happen. And then yesterday, um, it basically became a done deal. And I'm thinking, as everybody who follows Ohio State was thinking, uh-oh, you're going to take Mickey Marotti and Mark Pantoni with him? Like, you leave those Italians in Columbus, my friend. Um, <laughs> and thank God uh, Coach Mick came out and said, I'm staying. Coach Mick is staying in Columbus. He's going to stay with the Buckeyes. Pantoni, though, is an interesting story. He has not said yet what he's going to do. The Columbus Dispatch, I know, reached out for comment. They're the ones that broke the story that – that Mick Maratti is staying, uh Pantoni declined comment. Or I don't think he declined comment. He just didn't get back with them. There's that's that's a definitely a different thing. He didn't get back with them. What are your thoughts on Maratti definitely staying and are you concerned that Pantoni might follow Urban and people might be wondering what? Like Pantoni's a recruiting guy. Urban trusts Pantoni's, you know, his evaluation of players more than anybody. Pantoni absolutely could be a director of player personnel. I don't think he'd be GM, but I think he could be Director of Player Personnel or Assistant Director of Player Personnel. Anyway, unpack all of that for me, JB. Yeah, having
1: Coach Mix stay, that's huge for the contingency of the the Buckeyes. Just having that steady um, hand in the weight room and the strength and conditioning program remaining is humongous because you ask any major college football coach and they will say your strength and conditioning coach is probably – the most important coach on your staff, so having him staying is big for the Buckeyes, especially when you have a loaded young roster um, and a and a a dynamic young recruiting class that's coming in. And he's going to need to mold those guys. Now, Pantone, my my selfishness say I I really hope he stays, but I can see the draw in his. In, in his situation because like you said a director of player personnel in the nfl that is a heck of a gig there and if you're able to really draft well and and pick up guys and have an eye for talent you see it every year those type of guys parlay that gig into uh, uh, a gm job in the nfl which is you know you're talking about big time here so Pintoni. If the question is, does he want to remain in the college game or does or does he want to progress his career to the next level? And if he wants to if he wants to take his career to the next level, I think the NFL director of player personnel and urban staff will be the way to go. But fingers crossed. I hope he stays here in Columbus. He has an eye for talent. Right now, Ohio State is hot on the recruiting trail. If you look at the the class that's coming in and the class that they're building for the 2022 class, it's on the pace of being historic, and he's been the architect of that. And right now, he is probably the most, as, as you said, with Coach Smith, the two most important people in the Ohio State program besides Ryan Day.
0: All right, you and I have not talked since uh, Ohio State Played Alabama in the national championship game didn't go quite as we wanted it to. I will quote the great Mike Krzyzewski here. Coach K said after Ohio State really beat them down a few years ago. "Quote: Sometimes you kick ass. Sometimes you get your ass kicked. Right now our butts are a little sore." <laughs> Which is still one of the best quotes ever. It just doesn't get it doesn't get like nearly enough uh, you know credit when they do like the best quotes ever. That was the case. You know, I woke up the next day. Normally, I'd be, like, really, 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 like, you know, sour about that loss. I wasn't even as mad as I thought. Sometimes you just get your butt kicked. Buckeyes were not at full strength, to say the least. Big Tom being down was huge. Togi Tyreek Smith out. That was big. He was coming off his best game as a Buckeye and was peaking, was becoming the player that you and I always thought he would be. Justin Fields, less than 100%. And then how about Trey Sermon goes out the very first play of the game? I mean, but... Even at full strength, I don't think Ohio State wins that game. Alabama's so good. But uh, your thoughts on the national championship game, Jonah?
1: Yeah, it was – once Trey Sermon went down, I had that pit in my stomach, and I was like, uh-oh, here we go. I mean, nothing against Master Teague here, but the way Trey Sermon was running the ball and it was allowing that offensive line to start imposing their will and getting guys to the second level, that was Ohio State football. And once he went down – the offense really changed. I think it really shocked the the team there. You can see it. The energy was kind of zapped when he went out the game. Um, and he just brings another dynamic level that, that master T doesn't have in this game. And like you said, I wasn't necessarily upset the next day. I was very thankful for the fact that this team got a crack at the bat for the national championship, considering, we weren't we weren't gonna have a season to begin with, and those guys fought, they earned it, they swung their bat as hard as they could and hats off to that Alabama team. It was probably the one of the best college football teams that a lot of people believe, as far as offenses, that you're gonna see a lot of people think the LSU offense last year that won the national championship with Joe Burrow, it was a once-in-a-lifetime offense, but the way Steve Sarkeesian just scheme guys open was just beautiful to see I mean they they play hard they play clean they're they're huge their stringent conditioning program is is one of the best in the country you could tell I me in Ohio State is arguably no doubt in my mind the second best team in the country and there were times where they just had Najee Harris bottled up and he was just squirting out of there for another six seven eight yards and our guys, we just didn't have it that night, Dave. And you just had to tip your cap to Alabama. It was a heck of a football team.
0: Very well said. Let me ask you this, because I know Buckeye fans have debated this. I think I know your answer, but maybe you'll surprise me. Was the 2020 season a success for the Buckeyes?
1: Absolutely, With, without a doubt. I mean, they made history by being uh, the four-time Big Ten uh, champion in a row. You, you got guys who thought their career was going to be over to be able to play games obviously we would like to have seen the big Ten handle the season a whole lot better you will you would like to see more games being played the program had their issues dealing with covid um, throughout the later the latter part of the season but you beat Clemson you smoked them you played your best football game you got that monkey off your back you made it into the playoffs and you got up and you got in a ring to potentially win a national championship, even though you came out on the short end of that, you 100% have to call this season a success. If you look at Ryan Day and what he's doing, you know, year one, he made the the playoffs, could have won that game. Year two, made the playoffs again, won the first round, got to the national championship. And to me, I personally think this ball club, is probably going to be on paper one of his weakest teams that you're going that he's going to field. You look at the talent that's coming in. There are guys on the roster right now Dave that's going to get over recruited because they are loading up with five stars across the board, four star, high four star guys and I truly believe that once Ryan Day get his actual guys in there, the sky's the limit for this program so you can see the progression that he's making. He's making the big steps. And, and to me, it's a success because it puts Ohio State in the eyes on the national stage for a lot of the top-end recruits. They, we go head-to-head head with Clemson in a lot for a lot of the top-end guys, and we beat their butt. And we go head-to-head head for Alabama. Yes, they got the best of us, but you know what? You can sell to some of these guys. Come to Ohio State to help us get over that hump to beat Alabama. So to me, I absolutely view this year as a major success for the program.
0: I agree with you 100% very well said. All right, last thing, let's look ahead to the 2021 Buckeyes. We're still waiting, final word on whether certain guys will turn pro or come back, but regardless, they're going to lose a lot of guys, probably more than people realize, in my opinion. Where are you at on this 2021 team? Where are you at on Kerry Combs as D coordinator? Just how do you think the Buckeyes are going to be this coming season?
1: They're going to be young, very inexperienced, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, that's going to be a major storyline, especially if they, if they have spring football, because you have three high highly regarded, highly recruited quarterbacks that's going to be battling it out. C.J. Stroud will obviously go into spring camp as the guy with the, the with the job to lose. um, I think the running back position is going to be another one to really keep an eye on. I really like the way Mayan Williams ran the football whenever he got his shot. I know a lot of people is not sold on Master T. Depending on what he does, if he comes back, he will be in the mix. Not saying that he's going to be the true starter, but he's going to get carries no matter what, if he decides to come back. You have Trevion Henderson and Evan Pryor coming in, two two true freshmen who's going to be on campus early. So I think they're going to have an upgrade at the running back position as far as depth there. And and then at the wide receiver, absolutely stacked, absolutely loaded. You're going to lose a lot with Chris Alave there, but with Garrett Wilson coming back, you're going to be uh, solid in the tight end position. That's going to be something that I'm going to be watching if Rucker decides to go to the NFL because I truly believe he's going to be an even better professional football player than he is a college football player. Not saying that he's bad at college because he's awesome. It's just that Ohio State doesn't utilize their tight end as much as you see in the NFL game. Offensive line solid. A lot of the the, the one benefit is that this year with guys being. Uh, Out with COVID, you were able to get a lot of reps for these younger guys. And you saw it up at Michigan State. They were absolutely nasty. And you look at the tackles, Paris Johnson and uh, Nicholas Petit-Pereira, those guys, they'll be your your tackles there playing uh, some high-end football. So I feel good about the offense. Like I said, young, inexperienced at major positions, but the talent is absolutely there. And in the defense, to me, Dave, that's going to be your biggest question mark because – what what will we have at corner? You're going to get uh, Cam Brown back and then Kerry Combs. What does he do with this defense? Because finishing where they finish as far as passing ranked defense is totally unacceptable at Ohio State. I know we lost a lot of guys last year. I know there were injuries and arrests or whatnot. But at the end of the day, this is Ohio State. You can't be finishing in a 120s in passing defense, especially when you're playing in the Big Ten. It's not like you're going against an air raid in the Big 12. So the defense, it, to me, that's going to be the major question mark. The one excuse that you you know, you know, read a lot on our board is, well, Kerry Combs didn't have spring football, and they didn't know how they were going to do in the summer, and the, the system wasn't fully implemented. But to me, it, we just – The scheme just did not sit well with me. Guys were giving cushions, basic fundamentals, Dave. I mean, I watched that Alabama game, and I'm screaming at the TV. It's going to be a slant. If you have a wide receiver lining up on the far hash, there's only one or two routes they can do, which is a slant or a go route. They weren't going to be able to run the outside. And here we are having our quarters playing eight yards off the ball, giving, giving up, inside leverage and those are just basic things that Kerry Cohn should be addressing with those guys like hey use the sidelines so the jury's still out with him I know he's a great dynamic recruiter he brings a lot of energy but to me he has to get a whole lot better this next year I'll give him this next year to really see what he has what he can do because there's some young talent coming in and He's going to have to mold those guys and get them ready to play at the next level because at the end of the day, you're only good as your weakest link. And if you can't get your guys to perform at a high level on the back end, it kills you. In today's modern game in college football, when you go against the big boys like Alabama and the Clemsons where they have the capability to scheme guys open, you got to be able to have an answer.
0: Great insights as always from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much. Jay Book, thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Have a great day and a great weekend, Buck Nutters.